Amen. How is everyone doing? Hello to our online visitors. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. It's a pleasure for us to be able to just minister to you this morning. It's an honor that you would even, even click on to RCF. There are so many uh, services available out there, but you saw fit to join us this morning. So we have prayed that you will experience the love of God this morning, that you will be healed, that you will be saved, that the anointing of God will rest upon you this morning. Amen? Amen. Amen. So I just have a few uh, quick things I want to say. So we started Wednesday nights last Wednesday. Amen? Hallelujah. Because we are going to do all that God has called us to do, all that God has called us to become. And the loss of our pastor was devastating. But God has called us together to just be able to mourn together, be able to grieve together so that we can heal. Amen. We just can't ignore the fact that we've lost a major part of our. ministry, amen, the one who uh, God saw fit to start it, along with me, I was there too, but <laughs> the one that God chose to uh, lead us, and so as we go through this transition, I'm sorry, it's just important that we mourn, amen, it's important that we heal, we just can't just pick up and go forth without acknowledging the devastation, the hurt, the pain, and be able to grieve, amen? Be able to grieve uh, with each other, be able to hold each other, be able to scream together, yell together, um, and do all that God, God needs us to do so that we can get that out of our system. I mean, we will always miss him. We will always mourn him. But God has, um, God left him, God took him, but he left us with a mighty, mighty, mighty vision, amen? He told us to bear fruit, <laughs> He told us to be fruitful, to multiply, and to do everything that the, the Lord had uh, given us in the vision that, for this house. So, amen. We are going to be, so we meet on Wednesdays, and we do have dinner for those who are coming straight from work. So come and have dinner. But we're going to move into the sanctuary because last week it was just too hot. It was, <laughs> I got to sweat, and I was like, oh, Lord, have mercy. So it's too hot in connections. That sun comes down, and that air battling the sun it just it's not going to work so we're going to move here and we will be trying we will stream it online for those of you who are not comfortable coming to the service the only thing is that you might not hear the questions or you not might hear the testimonies but we're going to do everything we can to be able to help you to be a part of it and so also just want to mention so at the beginning of the year uh february 21st um, of this year was our church anniversary, our 21st year anniversary, and we had made a petition for everyone, uh, every member of the family to uh, give a special offering of $300, and so we were going to present that in August, which is next month, and we still want to do that. We just know things got a little out of, you know, off track with the loss of our pastor and stuff, so we haven't really been promoting that and reminding you, but I just want to remind you today to please make sure if you are able to give your $300, there's some things that we need to take care of in the ministry. I want to thank those who have been faithfully tithing, amen? Even through all that we are going through, 
we are, God is sustaining us. You are helping to sustain the ministry. So we thank you for that. But we want to do this special offering because there's some things that we need to do as a ministry. And as we grow, uh, if you guys just knew, if you could come in and sit on, in on a staff meeting and just hear the things that God has for us, the things that are coming down the pike, we need you. Amen. Not only your, not only your resources, but we need your time. And we need, we, we need your time and we need your treasures. We need your presence here as God uh, begins to reopen us up, Father God, and present us anew and afresh to our community. Amen. So I want to just welcome all of our new members. Amen. Hallelujah. Even in a pandemic, amen, God is still increasing us. So Minister Tanya, Minister Minister Barbara and Minister Jeffrey, we thank you, amen, for joining. We thank you for your diligence. We thank you that you're excited, amen, to be able to be a part of restoration and that you're not just members who are just going to come in and sit, but you're members that want to get busy and want to do the work of the Lord. So we have plenty, plenty, plenty for you to do, amen. So let's just get ready to go into the word this morning. If you would turn your Bibles to Joshua chapter 3. We are still in Joshua, amen. <laughs> We're going to be in Joshua until the Lord says move. As I was reading, again, the scriptures, I don't care how many times you read the scriptures, there's always going to be something else that God reveals to you and that God opens up to you. So um, last week uh, we talked about renewing the covenant, and we know that, that what that meant was renewing the covenant and the circumcision that must take place before um, we are able to get into, able to cross over into Canaan. And I made the statement um, that in order to survive in Canaan, a circumcision must take place. Unlike a physical circumcision, this is not a one-time snip, it's not a one-time cut, but it is um, a continual uh, cutting away, a continual circumcision of the heart. The heart is where our our uh, emotions reside. It's the place where the spirit of the Lord resides. And so we have to make sure that our emotions, our feelings, and everything are filtered through the spirit of God. Amen? Because we can be saved but be mean as lightning. We can be saved and have nasty thoughts. We can be saved and sin and do things just out of, out of and be all out of order because we haven't circumcised our hearts. So this morning, amen, we're going to circumcise again. We're going to circumcise next week and the week after because it is a daily event. It is a daily cleansing that we must do. So we know that circumcision, um, we know it, what it means in the natural, but in the spiritual realm, it means the circumcision of the heart. See, um, on its own, the physical, the physical uh, ceremony of of circumcision of our young men, our, ba our young baby boys, um, it just show it, it's, it's for a, a health reason. But when we are looking at the heart and we are, we are um, circumcising our heart, it's for a heart reason, amen? It's for, it's for that, that veil, <laughs> the, the, the veil of sin to continually be removed, continually to be shaved down. No one in here is perfect. And if you are, then you at the wrong church, amen, because <laughs> there's no one on this earth that is perfect and that we sin. We sin daily. We sin in our thought life. We sin in our habits. And so we have to make sure that we are daily waking up and giving that time to God, making sure that we are circumcising our heart. See, um, it was intended to be uh, to circumcise 
circumcision was an outward sign of the Israelites that they were God's chosen people. And so for us as Christians today, we are God's chosen people through the blood of Jesus, through the shed blood of Jesus. We are now uh, the, 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 the people of God. And so our hearts have to be right because that's what a person sees. You might introduce yourself to someone, they might like you, but then when they really get to know you, they're like, there's something wrong with them. You know, they begin to see, they begin to see the, the frailties of your life. And so we want them to always be able to see that our God is good and that we have circumcised our, that we have circumcised our life. There's a scripture that says, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? And in that, we have to understand that the enemy can get in there and get just the slightest little dig on you, and it will just wreck your day. It will begin to just build up anger, resentment, bitterness. So we have to be able to make sure that we are checking our hearts daily. Um, Paul stresses that circumcision confer, um, confirms no special privileges upon individuals. So just because you're circumcised doesn't mean that, you know, you're, 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 you're special. This is back in, in um, biblical days. It didn't mean that, you know, hey, I'm circumcised. I'm from the tribe of Abraham, and, you know, I have special privileges. It didn't mean that because there were men and women in, <laughs> that lived in those days that were definitely circumcised, but they didn't live a life of circumcision. They didn't live a life that was honoring to God. So rather than... An, uh, it's faith in God rather than an outward sign that ensures be that believers stand in right relationship with God. So when we are circumcising our heart, we are saying, God, cleanse me, purify me so that I remain in right relationship with you. So physical, physical circumcision has no value without the obedience of the heart. I want to say that again. Physical circumcision has no value without the obedience of the heart. Spiritual circumcision has no obedience without the surrendering of the heart. So in Deuteronomy 30, chapter 6, it says, And the Lord thy God will circumcise thy heart and the heart of thy seed to love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul, so thou mayest live. And so when we, look at, when we look at that scripture, we understand that this is Old Testament and that um, as, as people were being born, God installed uh, the process of the circumcision even unto the children. But that didn't mean that those children were living a life, you know, pleasing to God. But God says um, in that chapter, in that scripture, he says that I want you to love the Lord your God with all thine heart. So that circumcision was a reflection of God's love for us. It was a reflection of how we ought to be obedient to God. Also in Deut Deuteronomy 10, 14 through 16, it says, Behold to the Lord your God, belong, your God belongs heavens and the heavens of heavens, the earth and all that's in it. Yet the Lord set his heart in love on your fathers and chose their offsprings, and after them you above all people as you are this day. Circumcise, therefore, the foreskin of your heart, and be no longer stubborn. This scripture is speaking prophetically when it is saying to this day that we too are to be circumcising our hearts, 
that we are, our, our, our tribe, we, we are descendants from the tribe of Abraham. And just like God chose the Israelites, he has now ch- opened his love to all mankind through the shed blood of Jesus. And that we are to circumcise our hearts and remain in his presence. Romans chapter 2, 28-29. And it says, and we know for those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to his purpose. For those who, who we foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son in order that we might be the firstborn of many brothers. That's a profound, profound scripture. That God, before you entered your mother's womb, amen, before you left the heavenlies, God already knew you. He foreknew you. He knew that he had chose you. He knew that you would become a Christian. He knew that you would want to desire to live the abundant life. So if, if God has foreknown you, isn't it pleasing to us to do all that we can to stay in his presence? Because this world has so much to offer to us. We can go either way. God did not create robots. He created human beings. And we have a free will choice. But God says, I foreknow you. So he knows our destiny. He knows our end. Even now, he knows the time, the day, and the hour that you will pass. And we want to be able to pass into his glory, doing all that he called us to do. We want to leave this world with nothing undone. Amen? So that we can make sure that we have done all that we can for God's glory and for God's kingdom. And even that flows down into our generation. It flows into our children, that they will see a life well lived as Abraham left his his lineage with his children. Amen. So circumcision in faith, uh, uh, in Galatians it says, "For, for, for in Christ Jesus neither circumcision nor uncircumcision counts for anything, but only faith working through love. So we have to understand that that our circumcision really is our faith in God. It's what we do for God. It's what people see us doing. It's how people see us behaving. It's our faith walk that really helps us to remain circumcised. So if we're going on the job and we're angry and we're bitter because maybe we got overlooked or maybe someone has lied on you, or there's been a, a certain situation that's gone on, it's the in manner in which you approach it. If you approach it with a nasty attitude, if you approach it with revenge, then that is not showing the spiritual faith that your office mates need to see. They need to see you be able to walk in victory, to, to not just shake it off, but get a clear understanding of what happened. Check yourself and make sure that you didn't have anything to do with it. Maybe it's just someone else's jealousy. Maybe it's something that God is trying to teach you. Maybe he's trying to teach you humility. But God is like, I'm not after your promotion. I'm after your heart. And so if you got overlooked, that's okay, because God has never overlooked you. And your days will come, Amen. God will do the miraculous for you. God will do the healing for you. But we have to understand when we fall into into situations that sometimes it's not the other people. Maybe it's you. Or maybe it's God just simply saying, I want to grow you up. I want to grow your faith. I want to see if you're going to get up and begin to, to circumcise those feelings, circumcise the way you feel about that situation. So Abraham's um, righteousness, and we know Abraham, the father of the nations, um, his righteousness depended on his faith, not on the covenant, covenant of circumcision. So Abraham was the, the man who, who uh, God had chosen, amen, 
God had chosen Abraham, and it wasn't because of his, his uh, it wasn't before, it was before circumcision that God chose him. It wasn't like Abraham was just a godly man. He was living a godly life, and it was the godly life that the Lord recognized. It was his faith that God recognized that this man has a powerful, powerful level of faith. This man loves me. This man uh, attends my ways. He is raising his family. He is doing all that, that I've, I've asked of him. And this is before, you know, Jesus was even on the scene. Abraham lived a godly life. And so when God chose him, he chose him not because of the fact that the circum of his circumcision, but God chose him because of his heart. God chose him because he was a man of faith. And um, it, it, is this blessing then only to the circumcised? No, it is to the uncircumcised. There were people in the Bible that did not, not receive the circumcision, but they, left, they led godly lives in spite of the physical uh, uh, act of circumcision. There were men in the Bible, people in the Bible that led a godly life. So when we get over into the New Testament, we see where, where Paul is telling them that, you know, Titus is not circumcised, but Titus was a man full of faith, full of wisdom. And so back in the day, you know, it's just, it's just like us. It was like a political, it became a political thing. Like, you know, we're the chosen ones, we're the ones that God has called, we're better than you, we're circumcised. And so they begin to build these fortified cities, and they begin, well, so Israel itself was, was, had gotten haughty, and then God, God said, I got something for all of y'all. So, so, so they lost their land, they lost Canaan, they lost, you know, everything that God had promised them because the other, uh, the other um Nations were jealous of them, and they came over and they took over what they had. Um, but even in those nations, and when you start reading this, the, the scriptures, there were men and women even living in those nations that honored God, that loved God. So circumcision is just not um, an outward event. It's an event of the heart. And so we must remember that uh, even through our struggles and trials, that circumcision um, that circumcision is to be repetitive and ongoing action. It should be a daily thing that we, uh, we get up in the mornings and we, we give devotion to God. At work, we're giving devotions to God. I know for me, um, um, it's, it's just, unlike, the, for me, it's a daily thing. Sometimes I do it. I'm going to be honest. Sometimes I don't get up and do a devotion. But um, Joshua chapter 4 and 7 says, Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. We have to understand that we have to hide these scriptures in our heart. And when we, we get up, that means that we need to be submitting uh, our, ourselves to God daily, climbing up on the oper operation table. Just, just say, you know what, Lord? I'm just messed up because I didn't have dreams. I didn't have thoughts. You know, even during our sleep, the enemy is still at work. We're plotting. We're planning like, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Uh, and we're, we, we begin to, you know, uh, an idle mind is a devil's workshop. So before we're going to bed, we're praying. Throughout the night, we're praying because we have to keep the guard, our guards up. Um, so it's not just a one-time thing. And the, 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 the thing we need to do is just, just accept it as the procedure. Accept it throughout the day. You know, like, Lord, I didn't, I didn't cuss, or I didn't say something, I didn't roll my eye. I've done something that's not pleasing to you. So when you wake up, just, you know, just roll over. 
roll over and begin to give God the glory. Begin to thank him that he has watched over you. And just let the process begin. As, you, as you're driving to work, in traffic, people cutting you off, instead of, you know, doing what we do at times, throwing up the fingers and, and cursing and roll, rolling up next to them and mean mugging them, just begin to just pray for that person. You don't know what situation they're in. You don't know why they cut you off. Maybe they're trying to get to, to, to someplace. Maybe they're just running late. But we get mad. We get to yelling and cursing at people. But God is like, that is not the spirit. Circumcise yourself right there behind the wheel and just begin to understand that this takes place all day. Even when you're at work in the middle of the day and something that went south or a report is due and it's not your fault, you know what, just lay down on your desk, get on the operating table and say, Lord... Do whatever you need to do so that I can do this properly, that I won't go into this meeting with an attitude, but I'll go into this meeting showing the love of God and just taking the slack off of whoever else might have, whoever else might have dropped the ball. So, and, um, so if you're really wanting to cross over and you're, you want to really get yourself concentrated, um, you just have to understand that uh, it's just that time that you continually say, God, help me, help me. Um, you begin to just, just say, you know what, I don't even care what people say. I remember when I, back in 1998, I'm a dated, <laughs> I was a mess, and there was just this point to where I was just like, God, I can't, I can't even stand myself. Like, you know, when you get sick and tired of yourself, sick and tired of being sick and tired and sick and tired of yourself, and you have no other choice where God, the Spirit of God is just pressing on you and pressing on you, and you've gone before Him over and over again, well, there, comes, there will come a time when you will really just say, you know what, I'm for real this time, God. And that's where He wants to get us. He wants to get us to that spot where we're like exhausted. We have, we have pulled out everything. We have said everything. We have done everything. We are physically and mentally exhausted. And that's when God says, now, that's where I needed you to be. I needed your total flesh to die. So um, during that time, I was just worn out, and I just began to just, just press into God, press into God. And I just, like, I just changed my habits. I just changed my talk. I changed my walk. And I would have such powerful, intimate uh, worship times at home, just laying prostrate on the floor, just worshiping God, that when I got into the sanctuary, I would just go up front and just lay prostrate throughout the whole service. Pastor would look at me like, what are you doing? <laughs> you know, what, what is going on with you? But I was just in such reverence of what God had said and what reverence of what God was doing in my life that I couldn't do nothing but pay him homage, that I wanted, I wanted, it wasn't from people to see me, but it was honestly, earnestly, the, the circumcision of my heart while I was there forgiving people, asking God to forgive me, Lord, and do whatever you need to do in me. So we become uh, um, uh, models of people that want to do that. I mean, if you ever feel the need to come up to this altar at any point in time, come up to this altar, kneel and pray, because we need to get close to God. We act like we're going to be ashamed. Oh, what they doing up there? What they done done? Uh-huh. I knew it. You know, that's not your place. Your place is just to begin to intercede, begin to walk with them, because for all have sinned and fallen short of God's glory. So my favorite, favorite, favorite scripture is Romans 12, 1 and 2, and it says, I beseech you, therefore, brothers, by the mercy of God, to present yourselves as living sacrifices, 
holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be you transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove that good and perfect and acceptable will of God. When I got a revelation of that scripture, it changed my life forever, that I needed to release everything to God, that I wanted God to receive my worship. I wanted God to receive my praise. I wanted God to cleanse my heart and that, that my body was a living sacrifice. So this morning, we are living sacrifices, amen? A living sacrifice does not talk back, amen? A living sacrifice gets on the table gets on the operation table. I literally laid myself down before the Lord. I told those spiritual angels, lock me up, handcuff me, muzzle my mouth, and give me some really strong uh, uh, medicine that would just knock me out because I want this process to be complete. I don't even want to know what's going on. All I know is that God is ready to do something. I sensed it. I knew it. And I knew that my flesh would, ha would try and, and combat well, God, I don't know, you know, let me hold on to this. Let me hold on. No, God was like, I said, God, I surrender it. I present myself a living sacrifice. This morning, we have got to present ourselves as living sacrifices to God, daily getting in his presence, daily allowing him to remove the things that we do not need in our lives. Even when we say it, immediately say, you know what, God, where, where the operation table at? Let me go in the bathroom real quick and get in here and, and get to talking to you because that was not of you. So we have to be living sacrifices. And, um, you know, for us as Christians, and especially during my, my transition, and I, trust me, I am not perfect in any way or form, but, you know, I was a flight risk because I would get into that, you know, ooh, God is good. I'm reading my Bible. I'm doing all the things. I'm feeling the presence of the Lord. And then something would happen, and I would take off. I was a flight risk. It was like God could just not, you know, I just could not sit it on down and just, you know, take the punches and blows that were coming at me and process them through the Spirit. Oftentimes my flesh would raise up and I'd be like, who are you talking to? Oh, no, you're not talking to me. And, you know, and then my flesh would come back up and then I would have to go and recircumcise. And, and I was just like, I am schizophrenic. What is wrong with me? But the Spirit of the Lord just guided me through all of that. The Spirit of the Lord matured me. And I'm telling you this morning, God wants us to grow the heck up. Amen? To stop living like children, to stop acting like we don't have no sense. We are blood-bought, born-again Christians. Now, for those who are just coming into a relationship with Christ, they will walk this process out. But for those who have been in church for years, for those who have had a relationship with God for years, we know better. We know what we are doing. We, before it even comes out of our mouth, before the thought comes out, we know what's coming out, and we have the choice to say, are you going to act a fool, or are you, you going to allow God to do this? Nine out of ten, we're going to choose to act a fool because we want to, to, to make sure that we are, you know, that our voice is heard and that, you know, we're not going to let anybody embarrass us or act out with us. So, so here we are. We're here um, today. And we are just right at the crest of crossing over into our Jordan, or crossing the Jordan. We're at the crest of, of God wanting to do something special in our lives. So many churches have just folded up during this pandemic. So many churches 
and pastors didn't make it. And it's not because, you know, it's just a circumstance that, that caused it. But I want you to know this morning that God has found favor in our sight. If you are here this morning, you're here because of the favor of God. And God wants you to realize that he loves you and that this moment should not be taken lightly. So we have to hearken to his voice um, because right now we're in this, this kind of like a, a, a battle. Well, it's not kind of like a battle. We're in a spiritual battle right now. And so the Spirit of God has removed us um, outside of our comfort zones. You know, people are at home. We have this pandemic we're dealing with. We have all kinds of situations going on. And God is saying, I allow that to happen because the church needs to get outside of itself. It needs to quit smelling itself. It needs to quit building these expensive edifices and doing all these things that bring no honor or glory to me. The church needs to get back outside where the people are. The people don't want to come in the church. Why would they come in the church? They see how you act at school. They see how you act at work. I mean, what, what is it that's going to draw them here? God is saying, I need you to heal. I need you to grieve. I need you to mourn. I need you to get right before the Lord so that I can bring those people. Not so much that I bring them, but that you go and get those people. So it's important for us as we begin this transition that we are outside the walls. Who wants to be sitting up in here? I'm not going back to yesterday. I'm just, I'm not doing it. I'm just not doing it. We're not going to come in and have church as usual, sing our songs, wait till Wednesday, come in, do our little praise, our little, no. God is saying, get outside of these walls. Go and get my people. That's the reason why he said, I'm going to shut it all down. And I'm going to let you know who I am, who I am. I am God. I can, I can take one virus and spread it throughout this entire universe. But I can also take my spirit and I can spread it across my universe. And that spirit is within each of us. So we have got to be overcomers. We have got to be people who fight. We have got to shift. If you're online right now, just say, I'm a shifter. We've got to be able to walk into our workplaces, walk into the, to, uh, wherever we're at, and shift the atmosphere. Amen? Shift everything around us that it is, so that it is God-directed and not directed at us. So as we begin to go through this transition, God is really calling us to just be the people of God. And so we are walking through this worldwide pandemic. Things are going amok. Things are kind of opening up. But at the same time, the virus is beginning to peak its head up again. And so God is like, I'm going to circumcise y'all again. Poof. I will do whatever I need to do to get your attention to realize that I am God. And so when we're reading this scripture, we see that the reproach of Egypt lingers in the back of our minds. All that we've gone through, you know, we're here at this, this crossing. We're here at this descent. We've lost our leader. We've lost our pastor. And God is still saying, go forth. I got you. Go forth. And so as we're getting ready to move into the promises of God, we're getting ready to re-inhabit our Canaan, our place. And that's not this physical building is not this ministry, but it's the kingdom, it's a kingdom mindset of, of your individual lives and your corporate lives and your church life and your spiritual life. God says, when I come, I want to restore everything that the canker worm has stolen. God's coming back to restore his people, to restore his nation. And so as we sit at this, this spot of, of 
whether, what, where we're going to do, God. I mean, do we go forth with pastor's vision or do we just figure it out and do something else? Because everything was in his head. Everything was in his mind. And God is saying, no, because everything I gave him, he gave to you. So here we have Joshua. Joshua's name means salvation. Joshua's name means that the Lord is my salvation. Joshua was from Ephraim, and Ephraim means double fruit. Amen? Double fruit. If you have been listening to the word, you understand what double fruit means. You know, you mean, you know what it means to bear fruit. But Joshua was saying, we're going to go descend, and we're going to get double fruit. We're going to get a double blessing. And God is saying this morning, I want to give you a double blessing. Amen? So as, we, so as we get ready to move forward, we have to understand to keep our eyes on that ark. Keep our eyes on that covenant. Keep our eyes focused on the Spirit of God who leads us as we, as we descend. Um, God's plans have not been thwarted because we've lost our leader. Amen? God has spoken to me. He has spoken to you. We know what we need to do. Uh, and so the circumstances of this world, the circumstances of life should not depress us should not get us down to where we just say, you know what, I'm done. But God is saying, I have so, so much more for you. So this morning, as, as we get ready to close, I said last week, in order to survive in Canaan, but I want to switch that, and I said, in order to thrive in Canaan, we must consecrate ourselves to God daily, individually, corporately, as a body of Christ. You see, survival means that we're just getting along. You know, we're just trying to make it. You know, we're just trying to, to pull whatever resources we have together and move forward. But when God wants us to um, take back his kingdom, amen, he wants us to thrive. And to thrive means that, that we prosper, amen, that we diligently and vigorously go after the things of God um, to, and we grow and develop into what all God has for us to be. So this morning, as we thrive to become all that God has to be, as we thrive to create kingdom in this earth, in our homes, on our jobs, let us remember that we have to circumcise ourselves daily. Amen? That's why I invite you out on Wednesday nights to just come out. And, I mean, the circumcision was going on, on last week, Wednesday, because people want to know God. People want to honor God. People want a relationship with God. And what better way is it for them to see the Spirit of God than through us? Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to your name, God. As we come before you this morning, Lord God, we thank you. God, we thank you for your spoken word, God. We thank you that you love us enough, God. Father God, we just pray, Lord, that you will reside in our hearts, God, that you will just be the echo in our voice, that, Father God, even before we think the thought, God, we will capture it, Lord, and we will pull it back, Lord, and we allow the response to be filtered through your spirit. Oh, we love you this morning, God. We praise you, Father God, that you have chosen us, your people, Father God, to move forth this ministry, to do all that you've called it to do, be, and become. So we bless your name this morning. Amen.